June 10th, 2002. It's uh, out of Pedro, what from Pedro show.
Watt from Pedro show. Oh, that's hot. Uh, special um, remote version of the show. I'm here at the SiteWorks facility here in Portland, Oregon. Uh, Pert near close to the end of um, uh, our Oars Became Wings tour. 2002, the John and Terry show. I have with me uh, Mr. Tom Watson and Mr. Jerry Trebitich. Hi, Tom. Hello. Speak on the mic, man. Hello. Nice to be here. Maybe I should turn your mic on. Uh. Hello. It's nice to be here. <laughs> there you go, Tom. Uh, some of these things here, I don't, I don't have too good of a handle on, but I'm trying. Hope I ain't clipping on the mic here. Uh, Jer, say hi. Hi. Jer's uh, uh, getting tunes, picking some winners. Uh, we start off with John Coltrane, Lover Come Back to Me. Then um, Sheena's a Punk Rocker by the Ramones for Dee Dee, who passed on. A few days ago, very sad. Black flag after that with I Love You. I, I see the Burning Brides. Yep, that's it. There's their boat out the window. Uh, this last leg of the tour, I have the Burning Brides with me. With us, rather. From Philadelphia. Right. This is an um, intense tour. Last night was the 55th gig. So we got six more. Yeah. Right? Be home for Father's Day. Yeah, tonight we're going to play in Eugene. When's Father's Day? Sunday? Sunday. Yeah, June 16th, which is Pettibone's birthday and Bloomsday. Everybody break out their copies of Ulysses and read the whole thing <laughs> in an hour. <laughs> so, Tom, yes. um, what's it like touring with what? Well, where do I begin? It's been a, it's been a long, strange ride. No, it's just like the fourth one with you, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we played before in the old days, back in the eighties. Oh, with Slavonia, Slavonia, but I mean, actually but playing with me for you, like your hands <laughs> on me. <laughs> uh, it's wonderful, such a joy. Every day is an adventure, and uh, just so much fun and love in the van. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are we working on there in the boat? Um. We've got some science experiments going on. We have some, some half gallons, <laughs> two half gallons. Yeah, full gallons. You know what that? Yeah, that. Jer's the mathematician in the band. And Those he, are going to be available on eBay. He's put it together. Uh, yeah. Two half gallons, one yeah. big gallon of piss, but hardly any of that piss is yours, right, Jer? Uh, I just did a little topper. Come on over here by the mic. Just, topper. Topper. He just added the foam. <laughs> the head. <laughs> like I just top it off when I can. You're the t- you're the topper, huh? Yeah, we have blends. You know, I, I keep I keep it from becoming inbred. What part of your body's hurting now, Jerry? You've been hurting on tour, right? Yeah, all my fingers. Now it's fingers. Yeah, it's fingers, shoulders. What about knee? Uh, knee, the side of my head from a large PVC pipe that slammed me in Boise. Oh, Boise. Jer's been with me the whole. Uh, well, we're starting on the ninth week now. 
Tom came aboard in Detroit. Pete had to go home. Um, first five weeks he did with us as second man with the organ. Yeah, he was very sad. Right. <laughs> but luckily we had Tom to save the day and come and resurrect the John and Terry show. I'm going to make a second man record this summer uh, or thereabouts. And then uh, next summer I'm going to make a John and Terry record. So uh, next couple of years I'm going to make be making lots of records because this drought has really uh, frustrated me. Did, oh, Jason and Dimitri here. What You want to come up to the microphone? Come on up, boy. This is Watt from Pedro Show guests. Dimitri and Jason from Philadelphia, two-thirds of Burning Brides. What's going on? Uh, well, we're doing a one-of-a-kind thing where the Watt from Pedro Show is actually not from Pedro. It's from Portland. And... Um, but they got Cali weather. Where's all the rain? Well, in the summertime. Yeah. Maybe. See, we moved here one time, Melanie and I. And we oh, came right. in the summer, and it was beautiful like this every day. And then the rains came. Yeah. Eight I, months of blackness. And I thought one thing to myself. Where can I get a shotgun cheap? Whoa. So it's a good thing you moved then. <laughs> Tom, what song did you pick? Got a Neil Young song called "Don't Let It Bring You Down." Okay, what well, from Guaranteed Pedro Show? Guaranteed to bring you down. <laughs>
Tall city streets come through my sights And sprouting clumps of mushrooms like a world so real This dream won't ever, ever end And time seems like it'll never begin It's 
from Pedro's show. That was uh, T-Rex, the Slider Thing album, um, Chariot Shugel. Dimitri asked me to play that. Dimitri? Yeah. Why'd you want me to play that? I want you to play that because you told me that the first concert you ever went to was T-Rex and you... Yeah, it's true. You said that you thought they were from another planet. Yeah, that was my first gig a couple months ago. <laughs> <laughs> early 70s and uh, yeah I thought it was wild he was my first rock hero I, they didn't have merchandising at those gigs so I put a thing on the wall I think I've talked about this before but I love Mark Bowen he was wild yeah he was from another planet there was a lot of um, crazy people in the audience uh, glitter and uh, Krishnas and glam I liked it a lot it was very special for me <clears throat> that was an easy song to play it was one of the first ones I learned on the bass after uh, me and D. Boone <laughs> learned all the Creedence songs before that we had uh, 30 Seconds Over Tokyo a Cleveland band called Perubu that was from the 70s too um, I've got to be good friends with uh, Tony Mamoni and Tom Herman made a band called Tripod Jimmy and I got to play some of their last gigs when Pharaohs first started up. A big influence on me. And we started with a song Tom Watson picked uh, from Neil Young. Don't Let It Bring You Down. And it's kind of a downtime with um, D.D. passing and everything. But there's a new spirit in the world. George Hurley had a son last night, st still untitled. Gotta come up with a name. Uh, Jer? Yeah. What's it like touring with what? It's like uh, like hot needles in the eyes, I guess. No, it's it's like aggressive, homoerotic. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Okay. Right. But Not aggressive. <laughs> it's like. It's like stringing everything together every day because you know, you know, you're not going to have much time off, that's for sure. <laughs> it's okay. working, you know. You picked a song mm -hmm. from a Texas band? Yeah, Cornhole. They, you want to uh, talk about this? Yeah, they're, uh, they're nice guys. They, they played with us in Denton. They were kind of the filler band between all these acts at an outdoor festival we played. And uh, I thought their songs were cleverly bad and, uh, and lyrically inspiring. <laughs> so I, uh, I got a copy of their CD and found a song that really, ins you know, got me rolling. And this one's called Melonhead. And, uh, Why'd did you pick this one, Jer? I don't know. I, listening to the CD, I, I it stuck out as being. Do you remember after the gig they took us home? Right? Yeah, they they uh, they brought us to a barbecue. It was all beef. Very interesting. No, <laughs> no, there was other chow. In I fact, know. I they gave me a whole slab of pork oh, ribs. They had pork ribs and they too. had chicken. And but the funny thing was, it was all flesh. It was all. There it was, was all no, meat. I'm yeah, sorry. It was, was all meat, not beef. <laughs> it was all flesh. But it was it was uh, appetizing. There was there. no uh, greens. <laughs> there was no beans. There was no breads. No, there was beer. It was kind of thick. 
sort of counts. Yeah, brand. it was a trippy thing, and they gave me a whole slab of pork rib. They put this thing on the plate for me. It was really good. They were very, very nice people. Um, so here's some cornhole. What from Pedro's show? Oh, melon head. Oh, melon head. We don't call you melon head because of sweetness. Oh, melon head. Oh, melon head. We don't call you melon head because of seeds or children fly when children fly one end of the ropes tied to the foot the others wound around a pole he's getting angry seeing fire in red wants to fly top the water flow but he'll never fly cause he gets mad too easy and his head swells
from Pedro show look it went back Bill it's back at seven minutes <laughs> yeah we don't know what's up here but hopefully this is getting out there Watt from Pedro show on June 10 2002 the out of Pedro show the Portland Watt from Portland show really <laughs> the site works pad um, my guests uh, John and Terry band members Tom and Jer and Burnham Brides, Jason and Dimitri. Dimitri, you uh, picked the wipers there. Yeah. And uh, why'd you like that song? Well, you know, Melanie and I, Melanie's not here, but Melanie and I uh, moved out, tried living in San Francisco, and we got out there and realized it was just as expensive as where we left, which was New York. So I called up Tim Kerr Records here in Portland, and the only thing I knew about it was that the wipers were from here. And I was like, what's Portland like? He said, it's pretty cool. Why don't you come on up and give it a shot? So we came up here and lived here for eight months. And I never really understood, I never really got the name until one day after about six straight months of solid rain, we were just sitting in the car and the wipers were going back and forth and we went, oh, now I get the name perfectly. Yeah. That album cover, is this real? Uh, I thought it was some trippy take on... New descent in a staircase or something. And then I got 
Minutemen were touring and we got to Conk at Mike King's house. And Mike King did the cover. And I asked him what it was about and he said, yeah, it's windshield wipers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I wouldn't pretty, have gotten that one. Pretty big idiot. Yeah, I never figured out Proud Mary until a few years ago. So he told me it was about a steamboat. <laughs> that was some uh, universal, uh, you know, analogy to the big wheel. I guess the big wheel was a paddle wheel. And the Proud Mary was the name of the boat. Isn't that trippy how <laughs> songs can be insular? So you only lived here how long? About eight months. And then where'd you go? Then we tried Boston, which is uh, where I kind of grew up, and uh, quickly realized that was not the place to be either. Why? Um, well, it's very collegiate, it's very expensive, very conservative, and kind of uh, very white. Um, and Roxbury. Brockton. George Hurley's from Brockton. Malden. Rocky Marciano. Um, Marvin Hagler. Yeah, it used to be the shoes were made there, is what I've, I've been told. You like Boston? So, uh, well, I like everywhere. But see, I've never done the thing. Hey, do you remember that show we played at the, uh, the Middle East where you put the pumpkin on your head? Yeah. Halloween? Yeah, I always wear a costume, and I was short for an outfit, and they had a pumpkin outside, so I cut the bottom out <laughs> and wore it on my head. But i never done the thing like a lot of young people, well, not young, I mean in their 20s and stuff, uh, where they move around. I moved around a lot as a boy because my pop was a sailor. So I've been in Pedro 34 years. And I've never done the thing where you move around to find a home. But I've toured a lot. So maybe that's kind of like that. I know where I'm going to end up. But I think it's a good thing that people try out different towns and stuff. At least see the other towns. Because uh, trying to know everything by television is such a joke. And those years are probably your loosest years, so why not explore things? But the moving, you know, I had to move right before this tour. It was very intense on me. Everything's in boxes waiting for me when I get back. And to do that every... How long were you in Boston? Oh, that was about about a year. And then it was Philly? Yeah. And that's where you've been ever since. How long have yeah. you been there? We've been there about four years. And I'll tell you, it's really worked out for us. I mean, we, uh, Melanie and I tried to uh, f get a, a band started in each of those cities I told you about before. And we went to Philly and everything just fell into place. You know, it's like on tour you get to see a, a bunch of different cities and a lot of them feel really good. But when you actually, you know, put everything in a truck and go out there and, and hang out there for like months on end and actually try living there, it's a totally different vibe. It could go either way. And, uh, tour just, yeah. where you're just rolling one yeah, night. Yeah, I mean, you can have a great time for like a couple days in a city, but it could be a different story if you actually pack up your stuff and move everything there with your four cats. Right, and there's a climate to deal with. Yeah. And, uh, new but you people. have no reason to move. I mean, you took us on a tour of your town. It's absolutely Yeah, you came beautiful. and stayed there when you played in. Uh... No, you didn't play. You had a day off. Yeah. Huh? So, uh, yeah, I took you on a tour. That was awesome. I got to put you on the bike. That's the real way to torpedo. <laughs> yeah. Jason, why don't you come up by the mic? How long have you been in Philly? Uh, eight years. Where'd you come from? Uh, you might have to bend that thing down, bro. Uh, 
I was in Detroit for about a year before that, and then Buffalo before that. Are you from Buffalo? Yeah. Yeah, I've played there a bunch of times. I know, I saw you there with Sonny Chirac. Very te- oh, right. Yeah. right. He was kind of terrible. Then. It was during the riots in Los Angeles, and I was going to play the school, and they canceled the gig. And they paid me anyway, and I th- said, if you're going to pay me, I have to play. So they found this gay disco called uh, Idol. Or Icon. Icon. Yeah, the Icon. And we had the gig, and it was with Sonny and uh, Ika Mouse, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, that's, and that's, um, that's weird how... I guess somebody ran through the campus and pulled a fire alarm, so they got very upset. <laughs> and uh, it's wacky college kids. Yeah, very tender win- winners in Buffalo. <laughs> winners. <laughs> tender winners? Yeah. What's a winner? Winner is like when the snow keeps falling and falling and falling. Oh. And it's not on the mountain 40 miles away. It's right in your yard. Um, but, you know, everyone's got to come from somewhere. I guess it's a lake. <laughs> yeah, wise guy. <laughs> it was it's great. A, we used to dig tunnels through our front yard. Yeah, the lake effect, snow. right? It was amazing. Because it's so intense. I mean, I lived up in upstate New York in Schenectady for a year Ugh. or two because there was a nuclear site there. My father was being trained for nuclear engine rooms. And I remember the winters were so intense. It was great. Month of fall, month of summer, and month of spring. <laughs> The other nine months were really... Yeah. I mean, it wailed on you. No sunlight. Yeah, so... uh, Freezes your brain. A lot of old stuff in Buffalo, though. Yeah, a lot of great architecture. Yeah, I stayed in a pad last time I played there that was really intense and unique and the antithesis of track homes. The people do have a good spirit, resilience there that live there. (laughs) They don't take things so much for granted, which may be living in Cali where everything is uh, temperate moderate they uh, take things for granted yeah you bohemians yeah bohemian or lifestyle or what. what's funny I've found torn around is everybody dresses like Cali people <laughs> which is funny like in Boston I remember what do you mean like you a, a lime green tank tops and uh, uh, shorts and stuff <laughs> And I, I, I was in Boston I saw this in the 80s and it was, it was so trippy and there's this, probably because a lot of television comes from there, Southern California, uh, uh, people are losing their accents and their dress. Everybody's going for this homogenized one kind of thing that seems to be dictated from Cali. And if they only lived out there, they would see that it's, okay, maybe some of the climate. But as far as people goes, there's no way that better people live there. In fact, all my touring, I found that Geography and weather are really the only different things. People are people. And uh, it's kind of neat to have uh, little differences. Having everybody uh, the same is. I mean, I thought that's what 50 years of cold Yeah, I got a question about. for you, Watt. Yeah, Tom's taking shots from the window. If you had to move out of California, if somebody said you have to move, yeah. it's going to fall in the uh, sea or whatever, you have to pick a city to live in. What's the first thing that comes to your head where you would go? Uh, nowhere in Cali. Uh, yeah, I don't know. 
Maybe I just stay on a perpetual tour and live in all the towns one night at a time. <laughs> I, I I don't know. That that would be a dilemma. Orlando's got a lot, a lot of nice things. No, I can't handle humidity. See, I can't handle humidity. I might live in the desert. Maybe New Mexico. You know? I love that flag. It's simple. Zia. Yeah, I love the Zia. There's no writing on it. And I like desert. I love water. I have to live by water. But if I couldn't live by the water... I can't really take humidity in the summer. And, you know, everyone's solution for that is air conditioning. And sh- that's just too much of a punish fuck on me. Oh. Let's spiel to the end of the hour here. Because we got some songs lined up. But we're coming up five minutes. You see how it loops like that, Bill? I think it's like making... Like five different markers as it goes along. And ah, and every 20 minutes or something goes to a new one. <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out like, before we listen back. Okay. <laughs> uh, one reason why I'm doing this show here, I was, well, of course, invited by Bill and um, Eric here at SiteWorks, but this is actually where my shows stream from. These folks ho- host websites, but they've also given me some bandwidth so I can extend my... Uh, mentality of the pirate radio show I had on KBLT in, in Silver Lake and actually I can get to more folks all you need is a pewter that could re- only reach Silver Lake and I did that for a couple of years and the government came down so much respect to the site work folks for letting me uh, come aboard here uh, it's a neat little uh, away studio uh, you guys have uh, news right you made a record a year ago and now you're going to make another record for someone else? Yeah, well, it's a, kind of a Cinderella story in a way. I mean, we uh, made a record ourselves, did it, everything ourselves, and just got in the van for a couple of years straight. And, uh, yeah, um, V2 uh, is going to re-release the record that we did ourselves, and then we're going to make a couple of... Uh, you know, bigger budget records with them, obviously, and uh, hopefully take it to a to more people. You know, maybe even have a video and uh, come on the talk shows and all that stuff. See what happens. You know, you know the first problems you've had is what people with their hands out, right? Yeah, you know, it's like uh, it's kind of like winning winning the lottery in a way to. Uh, that's the way a lot of people see it. They think that you sign a, a record deal with a, a major label or whatever, and suddenly you're sitting on piles of money, and it's like, it's just not the case. I mean, when everybody that you're working with reaches in, you're really not left with a whole lot. The money that you do have left over, you want to be smart with it because you want to be able to sustain yourself. You know, you want to be able to tour. And I, you're on a major label, and you know not to, you know how to, watch what you take because it's really like a loan in a way it's like a big bank and yeah so some people like jason's our new drummer he's been drumming with us now for a month and we're just so happy to have him i've asked him many times in the past if he considered doing it but yeah our old drummer's uh threatening to sue us and having some problems with the guy that uh recorded the record hopefully that'll be squared away and the and the, you know the sad thing about it is uh, these guys were kind of uh 
not so much the drummer, but the uh, guy that recorded the record was a friend, you know. And hopefully we can work it out. It's just weird when money comes into anybody's lives. It's it often creates weird problems that you never knew existed. It's sad. Speaking of big money, what's it like touring with Watt? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. There's a there's a few expressions that I've learned touring with you. One is, if you ain't playing, you're paying. Another one is, never skimp on tires or brakes. If something goes wrong with the engine, you just kind of coast to a stop. Yeah. But you don't want to mess around with the tires or brakes. No. No, and, I got uh, my father and my goddaughter plays drums for me and I gotta get him home safe me and Tom are Peter Pan types and, uh, but I gotta get Tom home safe too uh, so yeah I'm always thinking about stuff like that in the boat because it's hard to do the next tour if you're dead <laughs> okay this is the end of the first hour of the Watt from Pedro show uh, we'll be back right soon June 10th, 2002, it's hour two of the Watt from Portland show.
Great.
Whoops. I put, pressed the wrong buttons here. You got to mute certain things and then unmute others. So, sorry for the clam. Clams at gigs, clams on the radio show. What from Pedro show, hour two. What from Portland show, really. Uh, we played uh, Jay there with Dinosaur. I think maybe the last record about him. Uh, well, his daddy was a dentist and he passed away right then. And uh, it starts with the tooth getting yanked. I had some teeth problem. I was I woke up in Vancouver and it was really hurting. But it turned out to be an infection around the gum because I started swishing with the hydrogen peroxide and the pain went away. So I know Jay wants you to feel the pain, but you can't. Well, you probably can. Some of you out there have had this, but especially on tour, I mean, it colors every thought. There's no way. It's too close to the brain. It just, you can't push it out. It's, it's impressive. It's incredible, man. And uh, I remember this one tour I was in Iowa and Des Moines, and I thought, I can hang on just another two weeks. And I was having to go to the van every hour and just hold on to the steering wheel and scream and holler. And Georgie was back there once, conked his fire hose days, and I didn't realize he's back there, and I grabbed the wheel and it hollered really loud, and he had a heart attack. <laughs> Sorry, Jordan. So what happened was I go into the club, you know, and the bass is coming through the deck into my leg and just making me insane. So the, the two promoter cats say, say well, we got a fix for that, and uh, they take a Motrin, and a pencil with an eraser on it. And this is, I'm having the pain because there's a hole, a filling fell out of my tooth, and so the exposed nerve. So they take this Motrin and they put it in a hole, and then they jam it in there with the rubber part of the. <laughs> guy holds me by the back of the head by the hair and just crams this pill in the hole, you know. Of course, the pill's too big, so he's got to mash it in there with the eraser. <laughs> That was <laughs> some technique he was showing me there. Oh my God, I couldn't believe it. Uh, before Jay, we played uh, Blue Spark X. Maybe it was too loud at first, huh? Well, whatever. And uh, that song's kind of about like when you do bike down with a big pain, you do get the blue spark right between the eyes. And we started off with everybody's happy nowadays since Dimitri wanted to play Potential Suicide. Yeah, why did you want to play that song? You never answered that. I just think the lyrics are really cool. I mean, just the idea of a guy being on top of a building and then he's thinking, maybe I should go a floor below because a softer landing might just ease the pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You ever read The Bell Jar, those poems? She ended up putting a, her head in the oven, right? Maybe that's even a softer blow. <laughs> the poet laureate of London, England or something. He's still alive, right? The guy who inspired that. What was her name? Edith Piaf? Piloff? <laughs> uh, Chair, where are you? Right here. Okay, you, go, you pick this next song here, huh? Yeah, a song from the jam called Ghosts. Why do you want to play that song? Uh, I like the... It's not really a drummy song, which I usually kind of listen to. What do you think about the bass player's haircut? <laughs> it's very new wave. 
Yeah, I saw their first tour in 77, and they were a pretty trippy band. I heard he plays for Stiff Little Fingers now. Yeah, the touring. And, uh, but yeah, the guys, they were a trippy band. The guy's dad came out and introduced them. And then the, these little guys in suits came out, and they talked just like his dad. You know, for me, it was it, those early punk bands from England was very strange because I never realized that English guys actually talked that way, you know? Because when you heard The Who or Led Zeppelin, they, they didn't sing. They sang United States accents. So I didn't, you didn't really realize they talked like that. And the English punk rockers uh, actually sang how they talked. We, th- we were convinced Joe Strummer had a cigarette in his mouth, and that's why he talked that way. He sang with cigarettes in his mouth. <laughs> and we liked those bands, like their first albums, but in first tour, I guess. But after that, they were just rock bands. It was terrible. We hated it. <laughs> Nothing about them being from England or anything. I mean, we were influenced a lot by bands like the pop group and Wire. And I liked that first jam album, but man, we hated it. Uh, it was so, I don't know what they call it here, corporate rock. It's totally, we got that vibe from those cats. That's why I'm scared when I hear somebody talk about taking it up a level. I mean, what does that mean? You've earned the right to pay more people. Or the privilege, I should say. <clears throat> I mean, because music's music. Mu- notes, rhythms, sounds, bendings. And the way you deliver to people, I mean, that's kind of incidental. And stuff. But there is... You can tell uh, when people are trying to hedge your bets and try to uh, make songs that they think people are going to like ahead of times, and maybe that's kind of something to make fun of or something. But the way music gets to people, I don't think is that important as long as uh, it's still growing out of some compost heap that's real and organic. So, Jerry, we're going to play some jam for you. Okay. Okay. Watt from Pedro Show.
is a fuck up. We didn't mean to play this disco. That's a jam song too, though, huh? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. They're, maybe they're making fun of them. I wanted to play William Whalen. Where, where's that? All right, here. Gotta get drunk and I sure do dread it Cause I know just what I'm gonna do Start spending my money calling everybody honey And wind up singing the blues I spend my whole paycheck on some old wreck And brother, I can name you a few Well, I gotta get drunk and I sure do dread it Cause I know just what I'm gonna do Well, I gotta get drunk, Lord, I can't stay sober There's a lot of good people in town They love to hear me holler, see me spend my dollars I wouldn't think of letting them down Well, there's a lot of good doctors keep telling me, George You'd better start slowing it down But there's more old drunks than they are old doctors So I guess we better have another round Sand to 
Plot from Pedro Show, June 10, 2002 edition from Portland. Uh, Tom, you played that song there. Yes, I did. That was Meat Puppets with Plateau. Why'd you choose that one? I love that song. I, that was, a, I don't know, that record was great when it came out. I really listened to it a lot. <laughs> Meat Puppets, too. Yeah, yeah, Jay liked that one a lot, too, he told me. We liked it, too. Spot produced it. I, I thought he did a really good Speaking job. Speaking of Spot, first 20 gigs of this tour, we were with him. That was fun. He was playing banjo and guitar. Yeah, talented. He did the first leg. Yeah, he was. He rode around in this Toyota that was fuming up big time, so much respect to Spot. Uh, yeah. Uh, before that, we played Willie Nelson and Waylon Jennings. Waylon passed away in February. Uh, Got to get drunk. I, sorry, screwed that up. Uh, no excuses. It's just clam. <laughs> um, blowing them all over this joint. Buttons. And we started with Ghost by the Jam. Uh, Jerry Trebitich selection. Who's no longer here? He's putting quarters in the meter. Oh, in the meter? Okay. Where are the brides? That I couldn't tell you. Okay. I'll talk with you. Did we bring any Tom Watson stuff? Oh, uh, I didn't bring any, but I think Bill has some stuff here somewhere. Yeah. Maybe Overpass. You got a record that was released in Europe, but it's going to come out here? Yeah. There's a solo thing called Country and Watson, and it was on a German label called Leiterwagen, and now it's on a local South Bay label from Hermosa Beach called um, Theologian Records. And When's it coming out? It's out. It's done. It's now. There's a website that they can order it from? Yeah, so they can, you know. Tell them? They can contact me or they can contact Theologian Records. And uh, What's the uh, link? I, <laughs> Theologian Theologianrecords.com, I believe. And your uh, email address? My email is watsoy. W-A-T-S-O-Y like at? A-O-L dot com. Uh, <laughs> everyone farts very loudly here when we hear that. But that's how you can get a hold of Tom. You can write him an e email and ask him about that new record. You have uh, two um, CDs out with your Overpass band, right? Yeah. Smells Like? One on Smells Like Records, Steve Shelley's label. SmellsLikeRecords.com, right? Yeah. And then... Uh, what are they called? Uh, the purple one on Smells Like Records is called Manhattan Beach. Oh, there's Dimitri. And then the first one is just Overpass. That's on New Alliance Records. Eponymous? Your old... It's an eponymous we name? We named it after George's new baby. Is it an eponymous? <laughs> hey, can I say one thing? Yeah. You could say a couple things, Dimitri. Okay, I just want to say, I'm, I'm standing here with Tom Watson. And, uh, you know, this is my first band. We've only been touring... For like a couple years, so um, this is your first band. Yeah, my first band. Wow. And uh, no teenage bands. Nah, I just I was always like a closet guitar player. But this this is gonna segue perfectly to my point about Tom. You know, when you tour for two years straight, you get to play with a lot of people. And I just like I would like to say that Tom Watson is by far the best guitar player that I've ever shared a stage with. He's unbelievable. He can yeah. play, he can shred, he can do the ripping solos, but then he can do all that finesse stuff, like when you guys break into the, the quiet, like, television. It's really excellent. You know what's different I mean, about Tom, too? I've learned a lot from you, bro. You know what's different on a technique level? I mean, yeah, he's got his own voice and a lot of personality, which I really enjoy. 
But you know what makes him different than probably any guitarist you played with? What? You've never noticed. What's oh. the most obvious thing? Oh, the thumb pick. The thumb pick. Yeah. Who plays with thumb picks? Yeah, I've never seen that. Well, that's how he can do the finesse thing, like the D-boom with the fingers. He can do the arpeggios. Wow. Thank you, Dimitri. You're welcome. I come from you. I believe me, that's fun. And I'll tell you, it's so awesome every night getting up with you guys and doing Red and the Black. That's, it's get, it sounded pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. We're getting there. I've been playing it since I was 13, and I like the folks I'm torn with to come and join us. And uh, that's really neat to play it with you up there. And you're right on my side blasting me. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty neat. Um, you got to get Jason on a tom. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. On the tom drum. He's really upset because he... he uh, well, I, should, I don't know, I guess this would... I know you conked before the gig and everything, but he really wants to get up there and play uh, that Van Halen cover. Yeah, he asked me about that. I'm ready. Really? Yeah. Make it more the end of your set, and then Jer can come get me. Although I've seen a couple of your sets because of situations where I couldn't conk. That's the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, just at my... Uh, point in my life journey I just really have to cough before I play to get up the steam uh, that's trippy that you've never been in a band yeah I don't know I mean, no it's, it's alright Joe Biza taught himself guitar at 27 so it's never too late and uh, you know everybody doesn't have to have the same experiences you, you read these interviews with bands and it's all so generic. You just plug in the, the thing. I like to hear a different uh, stories. I think it's more genuine. Yeah, I'm kind of a late bloomer, you know? That's all right. The only thing new is you finding out about it. <laughs> That's what somebody once told me, an older guy. <laughs> uh, Tom, you got a band. Yeah. Called the best of all, and what are you doing? You're making a new record with that? Um, yeah, there's a record that's done, but I have to finish it. It's not done. It's recorded, and things have to be tweaked. And uh, would like to put it out this summer. Who's in the band? Uh, Eric Bloom plays bass. Eric Bloom. Yeah, the singer of the Blue Oyster Cult. Different Eric Bloom. Eric, uh, guy who he's. Uh, He's played in another band called The Fish Sticks, and before that it was Bookmobile. He plays the bass and sings and plays pedals and things like that. And uh, uh, there's uh, Heather Cantrell on organ and synthesizer and sings. And uh, Sandy Yang plays drums and does other things. She gets calls from Captain Beefheart on her machine. Sandy, right? yeah. She, she holds the phone up to my ear, and I hear, Sandy, Sandy. Sandy Yang. And it's Captain. It's the Captain calling. Can you believe that? How many people in the world get calls from Captain Beefheart? I know. He lives up in Trinidad, right? Northern California. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Yeah, incredible. And so you're making a record now. Yeah. Be out. Yeah, I haven't seen you guys play live yet, so I can't wait. Yeah, it's fun. I like, get playing, back. I like the, the... This summer you have some gigs? We're working on it right now. Yeah. I mean, they, they're kind of... 
each show is kind of a different we try to do a different uh, set so we don't play a whole lot we do once a month or something like that and do a different show each time costumes the costume change mood changes you, you know, play in a red crayola plays. as well the red crayola which is a continuous thing it's always different people George Hurley plays with us sometimes has played you know, a few records and tours and things I think we're going to record a record when we get back or when I get back or Mike and Jerry and I get back <laughs> <laughs> Dimitri are you guys touring after this Do yeah you, when you uh, leave me I mean because uh, our last gig is in Goleta which is the college town in Santa Barbara and so gonna, uh, there's a big distance between there and Philly and you probably want to fill it in with something right yeah we're going to do uh, on the uh after our dates in, in Cali, we have, uh, we're doing a, we're going to play with Monster Magnet at the Troubadour on the 18th, and then we're going to make our way uh, back east, um, just doing, you know, a few shows. Um, and then we're looking for uh, another tour in, in July, um, so we're talking to a few other bands about doing that, and then we're going to take August off because Jason... Um, is going to play with uh, another band that he works with once in a while. It's kind of like this all-star thing called uh, Hot Snakes. It's got John from Rocket, from The Crypt, and uh, Rick Froberg. It's really Jehu, like a different version of Jehu. And then... Um, God, I like Jehu. Yeah, and then we're going to do some serious uh, Aren't touring. are they San Diego cats? Uh, yeah. Except Rick's in New York now. Oh. So, and then, yeah... Uh, the real crazy touring is going to probably start uh, in the fall. We're talking about going on tour with Queens of the Stone Age and Trail of Dead. If that doesn't work out, then we're going to hit Europe. So Queens are touring right now with Dave Grohl on drums. Yeah, I'd like and to see that. Mark Lanigan singing with him. I heard it's really, really, really yeah, good. Yeah, I saw the first one. At the Troubadour. What'd you think of it? Dave called me up. He goes, look, hey, what? I'm playing drums again. Yeah, he was smoking. <laughs> he was smoking. And Josh, you know, I've always dug his thing. Caius and all that. And Mark's got the most beautiful voice. Gorgeous voice. So, um, folks on the road. It's hard to tour in summer for me. It gets a little too sweaty. And the kids are out of school. and I guess there's a little summer school here. We're, we're up by the campus, Portland uh, University. And, uh, PSU. Yeah, PSU. PSU. Silent P. Yeah, silent S, silent U. Silent <laughs> yeah. Uh Let's see. Who picked this? Jeff. Jeff. Yeah, get on the mic there, Jeff. Hey, man. <clears throat> All right. You live here. Yeah, we're trying to talk you into moving up here. Yeah. It's yeah. a port. Yeah. It's I'm gonna, not too hot. I'm going to collaborate with Richard on a thing. I'm going to make some music with him, Richard Meltzer. Cool. Who uh, was a big hero to me in Deep Boone. He wrote lyrics for Blue Oyster Cult. and He was a big part of the early punk scene in L.A., he had a radio show called Hip Cats from Hell. Oh, wow, now that's some odd. See? Damn. <laughs> See the magic of methamphetamine. 
if you got some time on your hands, a car just came by that was very festooned. I mean, you wouldn't believe this baby. Hard to bring through the car wash, though. Probably uh, would lose a lot of its art. This is a nice town. Yeah. The, 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 the hard thing on me is cold and wet cold because of my joints. I have a bad problem with my joints as I'm getting older. It never gets that cold here. No. I mean, it does oh. snow, but it, you know, maybe for one day. I and remember being in Hamburg, in Germany, and the, the damp cold was so hard I couldn't even hold the steering wheel. I had to have Steve Reed take over. It's bone chilling. Yeah. That's, that's one problem yeah. I have. Yeah, it's harsh. And that's why I was entertaining the desert thoughts in Mexico or something. I, sh- I didn't mean that about Arizona being too redneck and stuff. I shouldn't have said that because every place has rednecks. L- L.A.'s got full of rednecks. It's yeah. kind of Republican, too, I guess. Uh. Barry Goldwater is there. <laughs> Even but you know what? Yeah, Pedro's got a lot of rednecks. A lot of pads do. I mean, people are people. They break down into a percentage of cool people, percentage of dicks, and then a whole big thing in the middle that don't know what to be. So, you know, they're putting on all kinds of... Uh, it's like a big bag of dicks. Yeah, big bag of dicks. <laughs> so uh, I don't mean to make fun of anybody from for the region. Some a wise man once told me it's not where you're from; it's where you're at. And uh, you know, you're born, you open your eyes, and then they give it a name. Jeff, you pick this next song. This guy's a hero of mine, a big inspiration all the years since I was a boy. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I like. Uh I think I was really turned on to Sid Barrett after I heard this interview. Uh, uh, some BBC reporter was chasing Sid Barrett around, uh, I don't know, a few years ago. And uh, they found him at a laundromat, a paid laundromat. And they, they approached him and they said, Hey, you're Sid Barrett. Right? You were, used to be like one of the greatest rock stars of all time. And he was completely unaware that that he was a rock star. He definitely lost his mind, but the one joy he had in life was folding clothes, and that was kind of how he simplified his life from all that LSD going to folding his skivvies. He was really unique for me listening to bands, and, you know, these bands from England. I mean, The Who had a big effect on me and Dewey Boone and stuff, but as I was saying before, I didn't even know they spoke with accents because they sang with the U.S. Uh, thing, you know, and for me, Sid Barrett, you know, a lot of the Stones and the Beatles even, they were doing a lot of uh, United States blues kind of, but for me, Sid Barrett was actually English. I could tell he was from England. There was something about the songwriting, the way he sang. He was really warm, eccentric. Warm makeup. I mean, Little Richard wore makeup, but for an English guy, it, it I know a lot of people know that stuff from Bowie and stuff, but I think Mr. Bowie uh, took a lot from Mr. Barry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you can see what happened to the band he started. <laughs> Became like this very plain band with no personality, which was the antithesis of Sid, who was total personality. And it, he burned very bright shortly, but bright. And so we got a song here from his uh, first solo record, right? Yeah, it's uh, Mad Cat Laughs. I think the song is uh, Love You. Okay, Watt from Pedro Show. I love you, honey, little honey. 
funny, funny, sunny morning, love you more funny, love in the skyline, baby. Ice cream, excuse me, I seen you looking good the other evening. Dig it, had to smile just an hour or so Are we in love like I think we be? It ain't a long rhyme, it took ages to think I think I'll hurl it in the water, baby Honey, love you, honey, little honey Funny, sunny morning, love you more Funny love in the skyline, baby Ice cream, excuse me I seen you looking good the other evening
Watt from Pedro show. Um, that was Velvet Underground with Nico doing uh, all tomorrow's parties. Deals before that. I hate the rich. Start off with Sid Barrett. Love you. Um, Watt from Pedro show. Portland edition. Watt from Portland. Uh, Hey, Bill, why don't you come over here on the mic and tell us a little something about SiteWorks. These are the folks who uh, host my show. Um, the SiteWorks is a web development company here in Portland, Oregon. Uh, I've been going for about five years now. Started off uh, trying to dedicate our energies towards uh, bringing in the arts, whether to be uh, painting, mostly painters and sculptors originally with a site called Artisans. Uh, giving those kind of folks a, a cheap, easy way to get their stuff online. Um, and then, uh, since we come from a background of being musicians and artists, extending that to our friends that were in bands and our non-friends that we've met along the way that become our friends that are in bands and so on. And then when uh, the streaming became a possibility, we started uh, streaming that radio, which we've been pretty active in now for a couple years, and uh, hooked up with Watt and his uh, Watt from Pedro show, I can't remember exactly how, but I've uh, been streaming it now for six months, eight months, something like that. I think we conked. A pair of pliers conked over at the old SiteWorks pad. And Eric said something to me about it. And I had lost my pirate show in Silver Lake. And so I thought it was a, a neat thing. Oppor- opportunity. Yeah, it's worked out great. It's been and you guys have been more than great for me. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's uh, we we dig it. I mean, we got we, we have we host about uh, eight streams at any given time, and, and the Watt from Pedro show is by far the most popular one. <laughs> um, I mean, it's not all altruistic. We love it, but you know, we, you know, you're a pretty decent sized name, so it makes us look good too. So I don't act like we're like just whatever, but with it, but. Yeah, it's cool. I love it. I love listening to it. I listen to the old shows now because they're online. You can, and you get them at www. How do you, what's the acronym for that? TWFPS.com. We shortened it. 
Yeah, and you may know that if you're listening to this right now, but there's a couple ways to get to the stream. One is through SiteWorks, and if you go to the, the WatfordPedroShow.com, you can get to the, uh, um, all the past shows. And we're going to be working, archiving even more of those, but right now yeah. I think there's about seven or eight past three-hour shows. A lot, of, a lot of great stuff, a lot of great guests. A lot of clams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get better at it. But, uh, yeah, the guest thing is new for me. I've had about five of them. I'm trying to do more and more of that. And where the cats actually play, so I get unique performances. Perkins, Nels Klein. Um, That was something else where they jam. Brother Matt with the spin cycle. Usually you have him uh, mixing stuff, but uh, he's back in Pedro, so he can't be here. Uh, And we don't have turntables here or something for uh, folks... Tom's going to do some bongos, I think. Yeah. Are you? Okay, yeah, hour three. Okay, Just think. coming up soon, Mr. Watson's going to give you guys bongo uh, recital. <laughs> do we have a p- pair of bongos here? Uh, I'm using skulls. <laughs> skulls? Yeah. And what about, I mean, you have an extensive repertoire, right? Skin flute, cymbals, <laughs> boner phone. <laughs> You're going to work them all into the... Peace. The lover of all. It's entitled the Accommodator. <laughs> yeah, you, Accommodator. You, you would uh, pick up on this if you went to the diaries. We, myself, Tom, and Jer, and Pete too. The first five weeks he was with us, we uh, make uh, tour spiel over on the Hoot page, h o o t p a g e dot com. And there's, uh, you can see what it's like for a group of us riding in the boat, working the towns. Uh, Jerry, you're all caught up, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yesterday, uh, since the tour started on a Monday, Sunday's the last day, because we put them up weekly. And Jerry's always having to, you know, sp- spur us on to keep up, because he's right on the tip, right? Jerry. <laughs> and, uh, I'm still back in Florida right now. He's back in Florida. We got one more week left, and uh, I'm going to put up week eight real soon. But uh, some of the things you run into on the road, it's a good thing we write them down because the days are so full, it's hard to remember. It's not like we're aloof and got our heads in the clouds or something like that, but like the days fill you so much that it's hard to remember the day before in a way because the new day is occupies so much of your head you understand I mean there's there's people from old days like like with Bill here uh, I've seen him a few tours now contest pad he's a familiar face but here like here in this site works it's a new building and Eric did his pad last night. He's in a new pad. And so, so what I'm trying to say is it's always a new information to fill you up. So that occupies so much. Even though you, you were just somewhere the day before, it gets packed away somewhere that's hard to retrieve. And there is more to a tour than just getting gas, showing up, playing the gig. I mean, there are incidences that make things special and stuff like that it makes it really a journey and even after all these years of doing them I find them very uh, interesting and <clears throat> helps my disease of being curious um, 
We should spill a little more. We're almost at the end of hour two. It's hard to know with this um, mini disc thing that we're going to because it starts like we're back at 12 seconds, and I don't know. That might have been a pregnant pause to gather my thoughts, and it caused the dead time to uh, get Mr. Sony to start his timer again. So, but looking at the old watch, I think we're coming up at the end of hour two. Um, AJR, come over here. You too, Bill, though. Both of you. Now, Jer knew Bill before I did. In fact, Jer played with Bill. And you have this name that they gave you yeah. that I never heard. It's not a Pedro name. It's, it's what, a Manhattan, a Hermosa Beach? It's, it's sad, really. <laughs> he was named after a typeface. It's a font. Quadrata. Yeah. It was, the, it was the font that we used on, a, on, a, on a, some artwork on the album, and we didn't have a drummer at the time. We didn't have a drummer at the time, so uh, we just named it after the typeface, and then Jerry came along and was the next drummer, so he became Frizz, and he loved it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a trip. He was drummer, and and how did he find you? The recycler. (laughs) You know how all the best bands are. Yeah, that was was my my connection thing back then for finding anybody. Well, you've got to let folks know they don't all live. Okay, the recycler is like a paper, like a, a you know, one ad thing that you call up and put ads in. Is kind of better than a newspaper because it's everywhere. You know? It runs free ads. Yeah, free ads, you know. And uh, you know, musicians wanting ads are pretty easy to read. But they sell all kinds of stuff, right? Yeah, gear. Use condoms. Yeah. Piss bottles. <laughs> yeah. Filled, unfilled. Bat wing, belt loops. Kidney filters. Tea bags. Tea bags. All this essential stuff that, I mean, there's, are in such demand that the Walmarts can't. Yeah. Wins. Yeah. I got to tell you how I, I got the gig. I mean, my audition, they, they brought me down to this bar down in Hermosa Beach and see how much I can drink. And I just basically made it all night with them, so they hired me. You yeah. know? Now, what, what, what about this, uh, maybe towards the end of a tour with the sleeping bag thing? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Is that Bolsey? No. Oh, they're talking about. Oh, you're not talking about me, right? Yeah, you were one of them. I was one of what? Oh, that. Oh, with with Nick. Oh, that. Oh, no. I only know about this stuff because you tell oh, us in the okay. boat. Here. I just remember now. We were in Spokane. We had a show. And there was not a lot of people there, and me and the bass player Nick Nichols were not getting along too well at this point. And we started, you know, scrapping in the van when we're all sleeping in there, real piled in. And you were both in bags. We're both in bags. Not the same bag. No, he was up on the bench seat. I was on the floor, so he basically rolled on top of me, and I had nowhere to go. So I was getting <laughs> clocked, you know. It was hard. And I was mad, and I couldn't get him off me. And I was just, it was those, you know, you're in a bag, sleeping bag, it's kind of hard. To yeah, fight. you can't move the arms. <laughs> you can't move my sausage. Yeah, that was the same tour that uh, Jerry showed up with some clothes that we didn't like. <laughs> and so every city we'd throw a piece away. <laughs> oh, he had outfits with you guys that were yeah, weak we had too. This hat. So we, we, before we left Long Beach, Saul stashed his house. Then when we got to uh, Portland, I think he had these, these dolphin shorts, and so we, we chucked those. Dolphin shorts, I yeah. Uh, and then he had this other t-shirt that said, let's get trivial, and we dumped out. I think that could have been spoken. Let's, let's get trivial. 
So I had a problem with Jared's outfits. This is a, uh, we just took it so, upon ourselves to help him out. No, I was glad to know that it wasn't just a weirdness on my part, so he has a, a tradition of this. <laughs> <laughs> That's Mike, okay. Mike doesn't like me wearing jeans and T-shirts. <laughs> just big baggy MTV oh, yeah. kind of he's stuff, just, okay? Yeah, you know, you the like boostier, the, the whalebone boostiers, yeah. now that. I don't complain about your feather boas and your garter belts. Uh, <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Wow. So I, I guess I touched a nerve here. But it's good to know that I'm not the only one who had problems with you. I think you go on stage with me with very excellent outfits, by the way. Yeah. Unfortunately, Pete never it's your daytime. It's your daytime clothes that are lousy, but no one sees that. You know, we're in the boat riding. Yeah, I think he's gotten better. Yeah. And you know, the main point is you're a wonderful drummer. So thank you very much, Jeff. I guess, you know, I can go. But that is such a trip that uh, you know Bill and these guys way before me. That's the magic of the recycler. Maybe later. I mean, I put an MP3 in there of uh, Jerry playing uh, drums with our old band. Oh, wow. Here in the, uh, the next hour. That would be nice to listen to. The Charms? I, heard yeah. I don't have any it's of that. Charms Bigger Than Life. It's in there. That's him playing drums. We did <laughs> three or four songs. I, I don't have any of it. I, I don't even know what it sounds like. Yeah, this will be a debut gosh, for you, Jer. <laughs> I call Eddie. Eddie doesn't return my calls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's up with Edgar. Well, you don't have to worry about that with me. <laughs> no, but I, I just thought it was a weird parallel universe that the, uh, the way folks can join back together, you yeah. know. That's how I met Tom, you know. Yeah, and that's why we stayed. And Tom knows you cats because of Hermosa Beach. Yeah. That's how I met Frizz. I'm yeah. Jerry. Sorry. Nobody calls me Frizz. <laughs> and that's how I met Scooney. Scooney. <laughs> Yeah, he's the bookend drummer that played before and after me. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, in the band that probably surpasses all bands in these final tap column of drums. Right. <laughs> I mean, this stuff is very intriguing. We could go on for days, but we're, uh, uh, at the end of the second hour of the Watt from Pedro show, June 10, 2002 edition, be back. Uh, it's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show, Watt from Portland show, special out of town on the road. Tour, our oars became wings. Tour 2002 edition, where I'm actually doing my radio show with uh, six gigs left of a 61 gig and 62 day tour, which is a trip. But the, I have my show streamed here by the good folks here at SiteWorks, and uh, they invited me over. Conked at Eric's pad last night, and now I'm at the pad where they run their. Uh, machinations and uh, actually doing a thing here. Now, instead of coming right up like I usually do with the tune, I want to talk a little about this next tune I'm going to play because I've never heard it. But I've read a lot about this band. I guess they're a Swedish band oh. called The Hives. And just the whole idea of hype, you know, I guess the white stripes and uh, the strokes, and there's it's probably not these. Guys in the band's fall, but what do you what do you folks think about this when you read so much a gush about a band? Do you think it colors what it's like when you first hear them? Do you want to like see them fail in a way? <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> because you know, and it has, and you never even heard them, you never met them, you don't know anything. It's just because uh, something's 
maybe biting at you, something in your gut is like eating at you. Like, why would everybody like them so much? And I've been through this before where I read all these inter, uh, reviews of a band and then when I do hear them, I don't like them so much. So I'm very suspicious. Or did they pay any dues? Why haven't they been torn around? Why do people like them without them even making a record or playing a gig yet? Uh, what, what were your thoughts on this? Well, I'm not too, uh, you know, uh, sympathetic to this whole hype thing. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it, it, it really gives a good idea what the music's about. You know, you gotta listen to it, obviously. You know, see a bunch of guys in suits on a poster. You know, what does that mean? Yeah. You know, it's, music's a personal experience, right? Everybody's yeah. going to think it. And what about the whole idea of name dropping and hype and I, stuff? I, oh man, I have, I have a. You can one. relate a story, yeah, right, Jerry? Yesterday, this uh, a guy. He's a nice guy. He helped me out. Well, I tried to help me out with some drum gear in Seattle and um, tried to get me through the door before they opened. And all he ended up doing is really pissing off the manager of the place. And uh, and I just felt so embarrassed after listening to him yell and scream at the guy. I ended up getting the worst deal I've ever got at Guitar Center because the guy just wanted to get me out the door, and I felt just completely embarrassed about the whole thing. So there again... Uh, dropping names, you know, right. stupid. Right. Yeah. So here, I'm going to listen to the hives here, and I've never heard them, but I've read all these things on them. And uh, I, I don't know what to think about that. Now... Uh, Dimitri, Jason, you guys are going to be part of this big publicity machine when you make a record for this label. And uh, I think it's so good that you're touring around and letting people hear you before. Because I think people do build up a negative opinion when they're told what to like. Uh, they, 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 they well, those are only the people with taste and like scruples. <laughs> <laughs> right, but then there's other people that think, well, if I, everybody else is liking this, so if I like it, then maybe they'll like me. You know how music's sure. different things for different people? Some people use music to fit in, right? Some people use it as their badge of individuality. You know, I remember being a kid in high school, and I liked Blue Oyster Cult just because hardly anybody else even knew about it. I spray-painted that logo on the back of my T-shirt, and no one else had one, and I thought that was so sad. But other people, they... it's. The big band when I was in high school was Grand Funk. Everyone loved Grand Funk. They had that red record, you know. I couldn't handle it. And I think one of the reasons was was because everybody liked it. So, I mean, this is just my case, but I, I think everybody's got their own uh, trip on music. And, and then the guys in the bands are kind of victims. They're not in control of this in a lot of ways. You know, and it's really a trippy thing to see. I did get to play with a Swedish band last year called the International Noise Conspiracy, who I knew nothing about. And I didn't read any hype about them. And they were quite a good band. They were bizarre. Have you ever seen them? Mm -hmm. wow. the, hives, the hives are kind of a part of that old scene. They? They, wear, they wear the suits and everything. They go really crazy when they play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these guys went really good. But then they had these spiels in between the songs about uh, getting rid of uh, corporate stuff. And well, that's weird. Promoting anarchy and stuff. Well, that band, they're all like, well, they're Swedes and they're like card-carrying communists. Yeah, but then, oh, are they? But then they're involved with this big machine, you know. I, don't know. I talked to them. I didn't know about that, but they were they had a lot of anarchy stuff on the table, and uh, they're really young, yeah. they're 21 years old. And, 
I guess the singer had been around in other bands. But it's like when I, I saw the Burning Brides, you know, I didn't know anything about them. And in a way, you guys had a, a clean slate with me. Because I don't, I know about this thing about hype and how bullshit it is, but for some reason, it still plays on me. Like, in a way, I want to see a band like that fail. Sure. Just, huh. Like, because you always want to kind of root for underdogs. And right. what kind of underdog band has everybody uh, writing them uh, foaming uh, reviews and stuff? Uh, well, how did you feel? Like, well, never mind. That's not relevant. <laughs> well, that's okay. No, I was just thinking about Sonic Youth and stuff. But, like, obviously, they weren't a new band when they signed to a label. They had a big English. They, they toured first over in Europe before they ever toured in the U.S., and they used to get really good reviews over there. And then there was a huge backlash against them. That's the other thing. Well, that's the way the You British, live by the thing and you die by the thing. Well, the British press especially sucks because that's the way they do it. I don't know about Rolling Stone. And, uh, what about our press? Is it really that good? No, but I'm just telling you about like Spin? In, in England, the way they set up the scene, you know, it's like they latch onto a band and it's uh-huh. the most amazing band because it's they discovered them or some crap. Right. And then once everybody starts liking the band, then they that's get the when they talking shit on the band and like all of a sudden yeah. you know these people are the dogs and it's British press. All press fucking sucks. I mean, it's all. I mean, all press is good press, I guess, as far as business end is concerned. It's good about the internet because everybody can have their own website. Everybody can be a press man now. We don't have to really go. And this is what amazes me about people going to the Rolling Stone or the Enemy to ask them their advice, like they're some kind of gatekeeper. In the old days, maybe they were. But now, you know, out of punk came this fanzine idea. And with the internet, you actually have the means. You can read about the scene in Sarajevo <laughs> if you want to. And, uh, but it's, it's a mentality thing, really. It's not a technology thing. It's here. Yeah. We don't have to really go through these people. But for some reason, people still look for them as tastemakers. Yeah. We don't really need these kind of middlemen. And one idea of the diaries, right? I don't have to ask Jan Winter to uh, are these rock and roll thoughts or uh, whoever, Barry Diller, who's running Biocom, you know, is this the correct road rule? I can just put it up there. And... Uh, and it's not just why, but anybody who uh, gets some web space, you can uh, be your own little publisher. Even, in fact, even writers, I don't understand why they still go through newspapers and stuff. Why, if you're a good reporter, why not just uh, do the thing on the web? So, but maybe things are going to be changing that way in a lot of years. Uh, not maybe a lot of years, maybe quickly, more quickly. It's a state of mind, though. You know, like the Berlin Wall, you know, a physical thing like that can be removed, but in the heads, that's where the real Berlin Walls are. And so, have you heard the hives? Uh, I've just heard of the ones. And you've seen them? I haven't seen them, no. I've seen the video. Yeah. They have a video? Yeah, they're playing a video on the M2, MTV2. You know, this is one of the reasons why this tour, I'm playing a lot of songs that influenced me, because a lot of those bands didn't have videos, and a lot of these kids don't know about these bands. Television. Probably a lot of them do, though. You know, like, fortunately, you know, I kind of hate the computer, but I don't know. It's definitely exposed a lot of people to do a lot of different shit. So they know, even if they didn't have the video. You know, you know, a lot of I play something off Berlin. Lou reads Berlin, you know, and a lot. I don't know what the, where is that coming from, you know, yeah. because uh, the it's not their fault because they are hungry. They're interested. They just don't have a means to get in there. It, you mean the MP3, the tape trading? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <coughs> a lot of p- uh, younger people pick it up that way. Yeah. 
but they got to kind of be turned on, and that's what I'm trying to do with the, the set. They sparks them out. Well, a lot of people think I'm just total originality, but I'm from traditions too. And a lot of this, me being around a long time, is just circumstance. I was just born at an earlier time. So they're born at a good time, too. And, uh, okay, so this is going to be the world uh, debut of the hives for what? Okay, here we go.
Top just cut Tom Waits short there. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> that happens. That was Tom Waits, You're Innocent When You Dream. We're playing the MP3s off this uh, laptop here, and it just cut it off. Before that, we had rock music by the Pixies. Uh, Dimitri wanted to hear a Frank Black's story. I, I did three gigs with him at the beginning of this tour, and I recorded a couple songs with him that I'm doing on this tour, Big Bang Theory and Chinese Fire Drill. And at the end of the, the, the third gig, well, before the third gig in Austin, you know, he said, yeah, I should come up and sing some songs with you. He said, can you write down the words for me, Watt? So I wrote down all the words, and I hand him the paper. <laughs> And he goes, I can't do it. <laughs> and he goes, you can go to the tour diary and write that I'm a wuss. And I told him, so Charlie, I can't do that. I just, I'll, I'll write that there was too many words. <laughs> he's a sweet guy. He he's really is. I mean, it had been a while since he's done those songs, so it would have been kind of trippy for him to just get it together like that. The words uh, wouldn't happen to be horn swoop me, bungo, pony, dog slid on ice. No, those are uh, the Oyster Cult lyrics. I remember when you said I had to sing those and you wrote them down for me. I was like, how am I going to remember this? Yeah. This stuff. <laughs> well, these were words that Charlie actually sang, but you know, that's like asking me to do a Minutemen song or stuff. I can't, you know, it's hard to remember sometimes. Uh, Charlie had some bad luck in Philadelphia. Oh, uh, yeah, his equipment getting ripped off. Yeah, one reason, just shy away from trailers. He had a trailer disconnected and $91,000 worth of stuff. Hotel lots. There's people praying. They're watching lots for band trailers. And you got to be very careful. 
he had all these old tellies and AC30 Vox amps. And Even worse is uh, the Sonic Youth gear getting ripped off. Those guitars that they would write songs around are gone. They got a whole truck stolen. Yeah. Rider truck. It's happened to a lot of bands. Uh, the Peckerwoods fucking do that. I can't believe. But, you know, some people, uh, yeah, that's the right of, the reason for uh, sharing the air with us is to uh, hit us when we're weak. It's a sad thing. Maybe it's just a phase in their life. And you know, Amazing Grace. That's that song. Yeah. You know who wrote it? No. I mean, it's a famous spiritual, right? But it was actually written by a, a, a ship captain, a slaver, who brought many people over, and felt very bad about what he did later in life and he wrote that song oh, that's cool so in, the, in that way you know even uh, they killed Tim McVeigh for that bombing and uh, I think they should have kept him alive because the man might have felt sorry for what he did or maybe wrote something that might have uh, <clears throat> I mean I don't know but some people change you know they aren't too proud of the things they did and stuff and uh, that was sad about Charlie Young getting that stuff donated but he has a new ride now no trailers he has this trippy uh, van in fact they made in Buffalo <laughs> yeah. where the whole back opens up it's very trippy and all the gear can fit in it and it's a big like plastic bulbous thing Tom you pick the next song here why why I think this one was really kind of made me want to play the electric guitar when I first heard it um, number nine. Yeah. I don't know. I was a little kid. I grew up listening to the Beatles because my folks had the first Beatles record, and I, I loved the guitar sound on that, but I was really little. I started playing acoustic guitar when I was like five years old. And But it took to hear, uh, I think Creedence Clearwater was the first real electric rock band that got me wanting to make that sound. The guitar sound on this song especially really got me going. Well, here we go then. Watt from Pedro Show. Cheese! 
I'm sorry that I got fat, I will slim down. This is the song that is reminding me that I'm fixing to lose weight and go on a strict diet. The first time when I got fat, I was eating those fatty hamburgers, fries, and all that. That's what I'm going to do something about it right now. And this is the song that I just wrote about, I'm sorry that I got fat, I will slip down. So here it go, right now. Before I got fat, I was slim. That was this time when I was eating McDonald's. I kept eating McDonald's for five years from 
Watt from Pedro Show. Uh, XTC, Jer. Yeah. You picked that song? Mm-hmm. Uh, things... Things We Did on Grass. Yeah, I don't know much about XTC. It doesn't have a lot to do with smoking pot. It's more like a camping adventure roaming the hills kind of thing. Just kind of remind me of the day today because it's really nice out here in Portland. And you tree-hugging freak. Yeah. <laughs> Before that, we had Will, Will, Wesley Willis with I'm Sorry I'm Fat, <laughs> which is a song I picked. The correlation's obvious. No, because we started with Creedence, Fortunate Son, and Kid Rock covers that song with, you know, wearing all this flag stuff, and there's a line in there where it goes, some folks inherit star-spangled eyes. We send you off to war. So, yeah, you don't just have to get fat in the body, huh? Fat in the head, too. I, I forgot to talk about the hives. That was a trip. That sounded very 60s to me. That's how it was when I first uh, kind of heard punk after seeing pictures of it a bunch and imagining what it was going to sound like. And I thought of the old Who in the 60s. That was okay. A lot of hype in that band, huh? Uh, yeah, but you know, you never know from got, writing. Yeah, like I said before, you really got to judge by listening. You can see all the posters in the world, and what does that prove? You know? Yeah, music's personal experience. Exactly. Yeah, and that's why there's more than one band because it probably doesn't fit everyone. One, you need a bunch of bands to fit all the different people, and then you can change your mind as you get older. I think about some of the bands I liked when I was young and. Some of them are pretty ridiculous now. I think about it. Like who? Um, Bebop Deluxe. Oh, Jesus. I saw them and I thought they were a good band. And when I hear the records now, they're kind of embarrassing. Uh, but hey, it's not their fault. It's mine. <laughs> they are what they are. And I'm the changeling, and they probably change too. I saw Bill Nelson a few years ago. My good buddy Tone, he still digs Bebop a lot, and uh, Bill Nelson was doing an in-store, and we went up to see him at uh, Tower Records. It was a trip. He was playing, uh, had all his music on tape and played guitar or some kind of thing, automated way of having a backup band. It was a trip to see him after all the years and talking to him after the gig. Tone got his guitar signed by him. And uh, he was quite a humble guy. Not a rock star at all. Um, Dimitri, you pick this next song here. Some Mud Honey. Yeah, covering a, fang uh, song. covering a Fang song. Now, what's this about? Uh, what's the song about? No, what, why'd you pick oh, it? Oh, well, uh, well, like, uh, we played the Crocodile the other night in Seattle, and uh, Steve Turner came out to watch a show, and uh, I was like, wow, cool, there's Steve Turner from Mud Honey. And, uh, you know, uh, Burning Brides definitely has a lot of that early 90s uh, Seattle influence. 
And so that was really cool to have uh, Steve Turner and Eddie Vedder watching uh, our, our shows, you know? I just thought that was cool. And I guess they dug it. And, uh, so it's like, hey, thanks for, you know, turning us on, and hopefully uh, we're giving you something back right now. Pass the torch, you know what I mean? Cool feeling. Okay. Did you see his mohawk? He said, I'll love you till I die. She told him, you'll forget in time. As the years went slowly by, she still prayed upon his mind. He kept her picture on his wall. Went half crazy now and then But he still loved her through it all Hoping she'd come back again Kept some letters by his bed Eighty-nine 
had underlined in red Every single I love you I went to see him just today Oh, but I didn't see no tears All dressed up to go away First time I'd seen him smile in years He stopped loving her today A place to reef upon his door And soon Stop loving her today You know, she came to see him one last time Oh, and we all wondered if she would And it kept running through my mind This time He's over her for good He stopped loving her today It placed a reef upon his door And soon they'll carry him away He stopped loving her today Yeah.
Tom. <laughs> That's Tom Watson's overpass with rubber nickel, rubber nipple. Sorry, rubber nipple. Rubber nipple. Rubber nipple. <laughs> Tom, tell us about that song. Jason picked that song. I don't really know a lot about it. I don't remember what it was about. Um, that How was, long ago was that? Uh, let me guess. Ninety-four. Maybe you're the ma wrong man I'm asking. Maybe. That was a long time ago. That was on New Alliance Records. All right. Was, uh, you you remember that label. Mm -hmm. But uh, that was with Scott Ziegler and Rob Holzman, and we were all in the band Slovenly, and so it was like three-piece version of Slovenly, so the songs got a little more uh, uh, streamlined, maybe, a little simplified and a little more noodly, and I don't know. Uh, That's okay. That's okay. George Jones before that. He stopped loving her today. I like George Jones. And we started with The Money Will Roll Right In, Dimitri's pick. Uh, here's some Madonna, Watt from Pedro Show. I fucked up. Just sec. That's, that was more Tom. He looks a lot like Madonna, though, so it's confusing. I think it's the bracelet. For me. That's sexy large breasts. It's the sexy gap tooth. <laughs> no, I think it's the eyes and the intellect. Okay, here we go.
Sorry, Hooskers. We were just going into Divide and Conquer, and we were just supposed to do Green Eyes there. And the same with the Sonics. That was supposed to uh, just be star power, not track 14 of Happiness is a Warm Gun. And then the Madonna skipped. So we had a little batch of problems there at the end. We're at the end, though, of this edition of the Watt from Pedro Show, Portland edition, June 10th, 2002. Thanks, Bill, for having us aboard. Really. On the sides. Thank you, Tom Watson, Jerry Trebitich, for touring with me and being guests. Dimitri and Jason from Burning Brides for being my guests. Uh, all this music here for me to use since I didn't have anything. Uh, well, I do have stuff. Kids have given me a lot of CDs, and I'll be playing them when I get back to Pedro. But I didn't fish them out of the boat. Uh, all the cats who've come and saw me on the tour, thank you. Be back out in the fall. Uh, probably uh, next week I'll have a Pedro edition of the Watt from Pedro show. So, uh, again, this was a unique and rare opportunity. I'm glad I got to have it. Thanks again, Bill. Truly. And uh, keep your powder dry. <laughs>